Mueller and Moats are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. On Steelers Nation Radio, it's high noon on a Friday afternoon. That can only mean one thing. It's time to go inside the electric factory on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Wesley Euler, Arthur Motes. Between the two of us, we've got a decade of NFL experience and a really good head of hair. We also co-host this show together that we call The Steelers Blitz. And we both got kids! And we both got kids! We that is. <laughs> you should know that by now. You should also know where to get involved by now, and that is on Twitter. You want to chime in. You got questions. You got comments. How about some concerns or some reactions? You can get at us. You can get involved with the program. At Wesley Euler, at the Body 52. The Body. And, of course, as always on a Friday, we want your prediction tweets. You tell us how you think Sunday is going to play out. You tweet it to us. We will read it in our final segment before we get out of here that is our promise to you, as it always is on a Friday ahead of game day. Arthur Motes, you mentioned kids, how we're both fathers. I, of course, have a, a uh, an infant, uh, seven weeks actually today. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. New blood. Part of the reason why we're cackling and we're laughing and we're giggling. Uh, partner, best <laughs> night of sleep we've had in seven weeks last hey. night. I love to hear that, baby. We're, 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 I love to hear that, we're baby. We're getting there, right? We're trying to, you know, build the build the sleep and get a routine hey, and all that, this that, stuff. That's a varsity and, performance by the little one. Can I just that's tell you? Right can there. I just tell you what happened? We we'd been on about, you know, we get about three and a half, four hours, uh-huh. and then she wakes up and we got to feed her, and then about three and a half, four hours. So it wasn't too too bad. Right, right. But last night, we put our daughter down at nine o'clock. Mm. Arthur Motes, what if I told you that she slept till 9.30, 12 and a half hours, uh-huh. and only got up once for like 10 minutes? I would call that a victory. Oh, it was a victory. <laughs> that is a victory. Wifey and I both woke up at 9.30 and looked at each other and were like, wait a second. What happened? Yeah. Where's our daughter? Yeah. Did somebody kidnap her? Where is she? How is she not screaming bloody murder? We got about 12 hours of sleep. Partner, I'm buzzing today. How Man, you feel? Man, I'm hyped for the fact that you're hyped Woo. like that. Because... As a parent, I understand how rare of a situation that is. <laughs> so, man, big time kudos to you and wifey for that amazing yeah, we, sleep. We needed it last. I think all three of us needed it last night. Little right. Olivia clearly needed it too. Um, so, hey, nice, I like uh, it, baby. nice 11, 12 hours of sleep for the family. We're ready to rock and roll on a Friday. Hey, man, how proud, we doing, proud dads in the building, man. Brad, we, we're, we're team dad, dad over here, man. Team dad over here. Arthur Motes, you know the Steelers were the dads. Of the AFC North for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like that transition there. I, I do. Right now, they're kind of fighting for their lives in that regard. 5-5-1. Five, five and one They trying to make against... them stepdaddies now? Oh, man. Don't make them stepdaddies now. No. Say it ain't the step. Oh, Lord. Nothing against stepdaddies. We got major love for y'all as well. Oh, absolutely. It feels like we all know um, this is going to be, how do I want to put this? A real, I think a real temperature gauge for the rest of the season, a real heat check for the rest of the season. 
we know it's already it, it's been a bit of a roller coaster this 2021 campaign yeah. for our Pittsburgh Steelers started out on the road with a huge win against the Buffalo Bills a, a team that everyone was picking to, well everyone you know 50% of people it was either them or the Chiefs that everyone was picking to go to the Super Bowl in the AFC you go on the road week one you get a big win up in Buffalo then the three straight losses right but then the win streak and then once again now a tie and two straight losses Three the straight. non-losing streak. Right. Four yeah. straight weeks of, of non-losing, and then now three weeks of non-winning. Yes. It's It's been the phantom menace. It's been a roller coaster of a season here already with six games to go. But I feel like this is this weekend, I feel like for, for the majority of the fan base, and I think for a lot of people just in general who are maybe still um, more glass half full, more still optimistic about these remaining games, mm-hmm. To me, Sunday feels like the the breaking point, the tipping point. It feels like the real temperature check, right? The heat check. Um, if the Steelers go out and they play well and they are, you know, they look more like a team that we've seen at times this season that feels like it's starting to come together and the yep. defense uh, leads the way and the offense takes advantage and all these things that we've seen that have been the recipe for Steelers victories and Steelers success. If that happens, you're six five and one. All of a sudden, hey, we're right in this thing. There's an extra wild card. There's there's still a lot of football to be played, and we're still in this. You lose to Baltimore on Sunday, Motsi, and I feel like if people be looking around, okay, now we're what? We're one and three in the division right now, and we still got a tough schedule ahead, and we're five, six, and one, and you know what? This probably isn't going to happen this year. Uh, let me start making my big board for the NFL draft, right? It, it feels to me like this is a real, in terms of the – enthusiasm the belief the pulse of the fan base and everything around the team not not the team itself obviously I'm, I'm just talking everything that we do outside of the franchise from a media standpoint from a fan standpoint all that stuff to me feels like Sunday is is a real make or break tipping point time uh, you know 425 in the afternoon I think all of Steeler Nation is going to be tuned in and I think their emotions are going to go one way or the other over those three hours. They're either going to be fully optimistic and back on board, or they're going to be saying, you know what, this just isn't our year. Let's start to look ahead. Let's start to think about what free agency in the draft could look like, and they'll kind of not give up on this season, but maybe just be less emotionally attached. Do you think that's fair? Am I, am I putting too much stock into this, or does this feel like – a big moment that will, you know, be a big part of the story of 2021 when we look back. No, you're 100% correct. This is a big moment, and this will be a big uh, game for multiple reasons. Um, we're talking about the division. Technically, yes, the Steels are still in contention. They still have some life. Now, they don't control it 100% from a division uh, outlook, but they still are very much in that fight because they still have to play Baltimore two times this weekend later in the year they still got to play Cleveland again as well those are essentially three wins that could change the outlook mm-hmm. of them in the division that would go along and give them four wins in the division so they still have life the thing is though the manner in which they're playing um, we know down the stretch right now because of what has transpired to this point in the season you're looking at four and two worst case scenario down this last six games Four and two that'll put you at what nine six and one, and even with that, you still might not make it in there. But five and one that might be a little bit too unrealistic in terms of just what you're asking sure. of this group. Sure. So with that being the case, I can totally understand why if you're looking on paper and you're saying to yourself, "Man, if this team doesn't win this weekend, let's go ahead and turn the page." Because even though the Ravens are the one seed in the AFC right now, of the remaining opponents, they probably are the most flawed roster wise. 
their roster isn't as flawed as Minnesota. Minnesota, I mean, their roster is more flawed than Minnesota, and Minnesota is viewed as potentially one of the easier matchups. It's more difficult because of the Thursday night and it's on the road. But personnel-wise, you know, it's it, 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 it just a little different with Minnesota. Sure. Similar sure. things can be said with Tennessee. Even without them having uh, Derrick Henry down there, they still have a really good receiving core. They're playing a lot better on defense right now, and we know their O-line can protect. And Tannehill at times can play really well. But this is the one that you got to have. This is the one because, number one, it'll get you off this non-winning streak. There you go. There you go. Because you can't call it a losing streak because it hasn't all been losses. Been a time there. But to get back on the winning side because that's ultimately where they are right now. They're 5-5-1. This is the definition of average. You know, they are smack dab in the middle. They are an average team right now. Yes, But they have the potential to be above average based on some of the high-end players they have, the T.J. Watts, your Cam Haywards, et cetera. But they also have the potential to be a below-average team also. also And and that was what showed up on uh, last weekend. That's what can't be out there. That look right there, that's where you question if a team still has heart, if they still are in the fight. Are they still responding to a coach? That can't happen ever again. Nope. Especially this season. That just can't happen. It can't look like that. So when I think of all of that, man, I 100% support the people that are, you know, looking at this game as the make or break for their belief in this yes. particular year. I, I can I can understand it 100%, man. Feels like the crossroads of the 2021 season Yeah. in, in that regard. One thing um, – you know, yesterday I I had to I had to bring some friends along yesterday. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know I can't I can't host without you a whole show. All right, well, I mean know, I'm I just re- I really appreciate that. It makes I just, you feel better. I just I, I I don't know what to do without you for the entire time. So I had to bring some buddies, right? So Chris mm-hmm. Carter came on the show yesterday. Yeah. Brian Bacco, as he always does on Thursdays, came on the show yesterday. When I was talking with Chris, we got onto a topic that I'd be interested to get your opinion on, um, and that was we were discussing the questioning of effort. Uh, by the Steelers fan base and a lot of the media members and what felt like, you know, something that the players themselves had addressed specifically. You know, we, we've heard a lot of the guys talk about um, that buzzword being effort. Mm-hmm. And, and and what the conversation um, kind of revolved around Motsi, and I, I would love to, I, I said to Carter, I said, I want to get Motsi's opinion on this tomorrow. Part of me feels like effort questioning effort from from a fan base or from a media side or talking about lack of effort on a player side I feel like sometimes it's just the convenient low-hanging fruit and Mm -hmm. here's what I mean by that I feel like 90% of the time in any sport not just football but football certainly as well too when a team loses Mm -hmm. someone always talks about effort they weren't we, hard. We, they want the other team wanted it worse than us. Mm-hmm. We we weren't engaged enough today. Our effort wasn't there. Our intensity wasn't there. The other team just wanted it more. I feel like ninety five percent of the time that's a cop out uh, because it's much easier to say our effort wasn't good enough today than it is to say we just weren't good enough today. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking about this more and more, Motes. As man, Sunday and Monday it was like hold the Steelers' feet to the fire and who wants to be out there and here's no effort and there's no effort. And we talked about how some of that stuff was valid and you you pointed out some plays with, with Devin Bush and some things in that discussion. But as that continued to kind of fester throughout the week and we heard there was going to be more padded practices and, yeah, we got to get these guys ramped up and we got to make sure the effort and the intensity is all there. Part of me is the more and more I think about it, I, 
I just think that kind of what you said right now, this is an average football team that we, I don't think any of us thought that this roster was maybe loaded with talent like it has been at points right. at points in the past, you know, maybe five years ago or so, but particularly when Arthur Motes was still out there, oh, obviously. Hey, hey, hey. I just, the more and more I think about that effort thing, and again, I know there's a few specific examples there that you can highlight from some of the guys on defense, particularly in the back half of that game. But I think just the injury report, the COVID list, which has been stacked, which has been long, which has left this defense in tatters, a, a young offensive line that has two rookies and an offense that has four rookies in general, I just think the Steelers are a team that for so long win, 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 win. They have been operating from the back half of the draft. They have not had a ton of salary cap space to go and make a bunch of moves. I, as the week has rolled along, I'm less questioning the effort. And I'm, I'm more just thinking that, like, kind of what you said, that maybe this is just an average football team. They're not bad. They're not great. They're average. They're, 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 they're just not a team with an abundance of talent all over the board like they have been in the past. They've got some really good players, but a lot of those guys have been banged up. I... Is that fair that we, sometimes we get obsessed with this effort thing? I think just because, like I said, it's it's the easy way out. It's the cop-out to just admitting, hey, maybe we're not as good as we hope to be. Uh, I agree with you when we're talking about effort as a broad topic, right? When a team, when we talk about a team and say, man, that defense just didn't show any effort. That's a blanket statement. I do think that is a cop-out, and a lot of times that is the low-hanging fruit, the easier way to describe it. And it appeases fans, too. Right. If, if an athlete says after the game, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the other team just wanted us wanted right. it more than that, that's easier for us to hear than right. we just weren't good enough. But but I will say this. There are specific instances. I know when I speak of effort, I speak of individuals, and I think that's the difference. But that's more so me when I watch it on tape, and I know the just – as an NFL player, what we consider the standard for a loaf versus what is great effort, good effort, bad effort, what my barometer is, that's when I talk about a guy's effort or not, you know, and things like that. But as a whole, you hit it on the head, man. They are average right now. They don't have the abundance of talent that they had where you could get away with having mistakes and self-inflicted wounds, and because you were so much better than these other teams, you can make up for it. That's not the case right now with this team. They're young in certain areas. They're older in other parts. Yeah, yeah. You and I have talked about that before, it, how there's it, a real gap that between dynamic, veterans and young yeah, guys. Yeah, it's, it's not a lot of – you know, younger veteran guys, five, six, seven-year guys, right? The Joe Schobert's it's not are, a lot of those. Rare. Yeah, yeah, it's either three and under, or you're looking at ten plus. That's a big gap. You know, the ten plus, they practice a certain way. They think of the game a certain way. It was very evident when you hear Minka Fitzpatrick and Cam Hayward just in response to the practice comments. You talk about that gap. You listen to Chase Claypool, younger player, right? Year three, or not even year three, year two. And he's like, hey, well, you know, I think it would be, you know, we need to loosen it up a little, make it a little mm-hmm. more fun. Mm-hmm. Just the difference of generations. Like, that's a 10-year gap almost, you know what I mean? So when you throw all of those variables in there and you put it in, you know, this market where everything is going to be highly criticized and highly scrutinized, yeah, sometimes it feels like it's worse than what it really is. Sometimes we talk of this team and you might think they are 1-9 in nine right now. <laughs> but that's not the case. <laughs> They're right in the middle and – Based on, like we talked about before, when we talk about the predictions that we made at the beginning of the season, well, all of our predictions had them on par with winning anywhere between eight games and about 11 games. Well, newsflash, 5-5-1, five, five, and one, you know what that has you on schedule for? 8-8-1. Eight, eight, anywhere one. between 8-8-1, eight, 9-6-1, eight, <laughs> you know 10-5-1, like either way, that's what they're on par for. That's what we all predicted anyways. So it's just one of those things that when you're having to go through it, 
because we're so passionate, it just always feels a lot worse. But trust me, this is who they are. We knew this about them in training camp. And we said, man, they could be contenders because they have enough talent if a break goes their right way, if you know, if they're fortunate in the health department, fortunate which here, they haven't if, been. If, if if something goes in their favor, yes, they're more than good enough to beat any team in the AFC. We've talked about that. We've already seen that. But at the same time, they are flawed enough that if they don't get those breaks, they're going to lose. The, they can tie the Detroit. They can tie Lions. the Detroit Lions, the worst team in the NFL at right home. now, at home. Right. <laughs> like that's just who they are. I mean, it's not bad or good. It just it just is what it is right now. I agree with you. I absolutely agree with you. I, I just I've been thinking about that a lot this week. As as there's been so many conversations around effort, and I think you're right. I think too often we can kind of use that as a blanket statement, just because in a way it's seeking comfort. It's it's easier than just admitting, hey, you know what? We got some inefficiencies here. Maybe we're not as good as we thought we'd be here. Maybe this quite hasn't developed like we, you know, had hoped to this point. I, I think all those things. Um, or more nuanced, more difficult conversations to have. Wesley Euler, Arthur Motes. It's the Steelers Blitz on a Friday. Friday. Get those tweets in, questions, comments, concerns, reactions, predictions. We'll take it all. We've got a few already. We'll get to those, of course, here as we roll along. It is the Baltimore Ravens on Sunday. Arthur Motes. Weird kind of, you know, not seeing the Ravens for the first time until December. It feels like it's always been in the past where – these matchups sometimes early. Were, were like early loaded in early. the season. Yeah. And I guess that kind of I don't think it's been a benefit or a detriment to either team. Both teams right now dealing with a long list of injuries. Yeah. Um The Baltimore Ravens. You wanna do a little you wanna do a little advanced scouting here? I mean, why not? I so I did I tried to hold off yesterday, okay? Okay, okay. On three things Thursday. I tried to save it completely for today. Mm-hmm. But again, I just uh, I'm not as creative without you. Well, that's completely fine. So I gave my three things yesterday at the end of the show because you know I needed, I, need, I needed to kill like seven or eight more minutes. Listen, listen, I 100 percent support your efforts, man. But do you have yes. yours? Yes, love it. Arthur Motes, three things, Baltimore edition. Three things that you like that they do as a team because obviously we don't like anything about those Baltimore Raptors. Three things you think they do well that they have going for them that you like. Three areas where they leave some to be desired. That you dislike. Where would you like to start, partner? So am I going just ringing my three off and giving my examples of, you know, my three? Or are we going to go back and forth? I wasn't sure because I knew you had said you dropped well, yours you already. You know what? I'll, I'll, I'll do, uh, we'll go back and forth. I'll be more brief than I was okay. yesterday so that if, you know, people are – because I'm yeah. sure we have some new listeners who like to Heck tune yeah. in on Fridays. I'll be brief, though. I'll let you okay. kind of carry most of the conversation. But I, we can go back and forth. No, no, sure. no, man. You talk back to me then, man. I talk, you talk. I like conversation. I love it. All right. Well, for me, man, the first thing obviously starts with Lamar Jackson. Um In the midst of adversity, he still finds ways to get it done. Um, Even when he's playing bad, he still finds a way to get it done. Um. Even when his O-line is getting him killed at the time, he still finds a way to get it done. He can get it done as a rusher. He can get it done as a passer. We've seen his improvements this year in particular as a thrower of the football as well. Um, and just overall toughness. To me, I mean, I'm a fan of his game. I really enjoy watching him play and just watching him do some of the things that he does because their team, I mean, at times is very similar to our team. But the difference sometimes is – they got Lamar, and he's able to just elevate and do some special, special things, man, whether it's with his arms or with his legs. But, yeah, he's the first thing for me, man. Lamar Jackson. Lamar. Uh, number one for me was Patrick Queen. Mm, love Patrick. Love and Patrick, man. I, I, I kind 
I think he's exactly what the Steelers could use right in the middle of their defense he, right now. He is what we want D. Bush to become. Talked about that a little bit yesterday yes. and how yeah. in the scope of things, in the scope of the division, it almost makes it more difficult to deal yes. with what the, the underwhelming performances of 55 when you look and see everything that Patrick Queen is doing. He's so important for that defense. He's all over the field. Uh, he is exactly what the Steelers could use in the middle of their defense. Patrick Queen, number one for me. All right. Now the second thing for me, man. Justin Tucker. <laughs> He's on my list too. Yeah. I actually had a slash next to his because I wanted to put him and the defense just because, you know, when you're doing fantasy football, it's like defense and special teams. I was like, oh, you know, he's kind of like my D and special teams right sure, there. Sure, I like that right sure. there. But, yes, man, uh, Justin Tucker, he is a lethal weapon. I know we love Boz. Boz is my guy guy. And we hype Boz up. We talk about Boz and what he's been able to do this season with the 50-plus yarders. Justin Tucker is – yeah, he's just different. Yeah. It's like you got it, – it's kind of like watching basketball, freak. right? You got three-point shooters, and then you got Steph Curry. Clay Thompson, Clay Thompson, hey, Clay can ball. We love Clay. Damian Lillard's great. Listen, listen, people will stand on the table for Clay, man. Give me Clay, give me Clay, give me Clay, three and D. But when it comes down to it, who they want to take in the last shot? Steph Curry. So as much as I love Boz, Boz is the Clay Thompson to Justin Tucker, Steph Curry right now. So yeah, I like that analogy. I, I number two for me, you kind of touched on this with Lamar, but the ability to find a way to win. You know, Arthur Motes, one of our original showisms was they don't ask how, they ask how many. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of people want to point to, yeah, they had a kick bouncing off the crossbar against Detroit. And, yeah, their backup quarterback threw a Hail Mary prayer that, that came down against the Bears. The ability to find a way to win yeah. in a sport like football in the NFL where almost every game is already a one-possession game I think is a huge trait. Um, and that is something that a lot of rival fans like to knock. Uh, they're not that good. They're fraudulent. It's going to catch up with them eventually. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of the things that people were saying about the Steelers last year at 8-0, 9-0, 10-0, 11-0. And so, hey, maybe it can always play out that way. But I think teams that have the ability to find ways to win, even more particularly in games that you look back and you say, man, they shouldn't have won that game. Yep. That to me is a positive, not a negative. Uh, and I would list that for the Baltimore Ravens. Well, that's funny because that was actually my last thing. I said team mentality because, yeah, they always believe it. They always are in the fight. We haven't seen games from Baltimore where you're asking, did they quit? Nope. Did, did Was there effort there? Did they want to win? Were they trying to tackle? Were they trying to block? Were they trying to score? You don't see that when you watch them. Even when they have every single excuse, too. When they went through how many running backs? When they went through how many O-line shuffling groups? When they went through how many secondary players? They never look like they quit. They never look like they're disengaged. They never look like they don't believe. And to me, that is something that you hang your hat on. That is a, a great attribute because we can't say those same things about this current Steelers team right now. Hmm. And then my third one was, was Justin Tucker as well. He's a lethal weapon, um, not just kicking field goals, kickoffs as well too. The best kicker mm -hmm. in football history for me. Yeah. I, I, I echo everything Moats says. I Boswell, I I would argue he's the second best kicker in the NFL yeah. right now, but Justin Tucker is just different. He has been since he was at Texas. He's been nailing game winners since he was like 18, 19 years old. Uh, on Thanksgiving against Texas A&M in the last ever Texas-Texas A&M game, little Justin Tucker comes in and wins it for the Longhorns, and uh, he's been doing that ever since at, at every level. He's a freak. Yeah, just his differently for certain people, man. Are there about three dislikes? Number one, you would say? The O-line. Uh, I think that their O-line is 
especially when you're talking about their pass protection. It's subpar at best. Um, they've made some shuffling. Uh, the best shuffle they probably did was take Al from right tackle and put him at left tackle. Agreed. That helped him out a lot, even though it still is iffy it's at not great. best at times. But that definitely helped them out. But their old line, I mean, you watch them in pass protection, they give up a ton of pressure. The difference is Lamar saves them. Lamar, his ability to maneuver through the pocket, his ability to ultimately scare pass rushers because of his yeah. escapability, it makes teams hesitant to go after him. It makes teams hesitant to pressure him as well because of, yeah, man, even when guys are running free, he's just hard to get down. He's not a big guy in the sense of like how big Ben is difficult to get down or was in the past, but he's so elusive that even if it's a free runner, a free rusher, he he just knows how to maneuver and create time. And we saw that on display in his last game against the Browns. I mm-hmm. mean, the two biggest throws that he made in the game, he's under duress. The O-line is getting annihilated, and he just finds a way to buy time and hits a strike downfield. Yes, yes, yes. The offensive line will be on my list as well, too. Number one, though, for me, dislike is the turnover ratio. Mm-hmm. I've been harping on it for the Steelers all year. Mm-hmm. Offense turns it over too much. Defense doesn't take it away enough. The Baltimore's actually worse than the Steelers. Yep. Negative seven on the season. That is one thing. Mm-hmm. Forget the, oh, they're, they're getting lucky in games and they're winning close games. This, to me, would be more worrisome if I was a mm-hmm. Baltimore fan. Uh, they are at the bo- they're in the bottom five of the league in turnover ratio. Eventually, that can, that can bite you in the – I mean, they had four turnovers against the, the Browns on mm-hmm. Sunday night and still found a way to win. But you get into the playoffs and you have four turnovers, that's probably not going to be the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one for me is the turnover ratio. They they turn yeah. over the ball too much on offense. They don't pr- uh, take it away enough on defense. Worse yep. than the Steelers. Yeah, I put ball security, but I don't look at it as completely as negative as you do. Just because in the sense of for you to still win eight games with your turnover oh, you're margin right. like that. You're doing something right. And with your talent not being what it is, that's rare. Mm-hmm. That's rare. So to me, I say turnovers, I don't feel are, as, are, are one of those things that – will be a constant, like, oh, man, they're all they're averaging three turnovers a game. They're going to keep at Like, I don't look at it that way. And I say to myself, it's like, well, dang, if they're doing this while turning it over, what happens when they finally protect that ball? What happens when they do decide to not throw some of these interceptions? Because even the four picks, I know that plays a large part into that, turn, excuse me, that turnover sure, ratio. Sure. But it's like, man, one of them picks was just a great play by the DB. We agree with that. Now, we can make case for the other ones, but it's like, what happens when that minimizes? <laughs> and now those are completions. Now there's this then like – all of a sudden you're winning right, by two, three scores. Right, and yeah. that's my only thing with yeah. them. But I have ball security as well just because I do think that not just in the sense of turnovers, mm-hmm. just when you watch them in terms of how they carry the ball, they are very loose with it. Lamar in particular, he's Like put, a loaf of bread. <laughs> right. Yeah. And the thing is you've seen him and others put the ball on the ground, but they recover it. Because but, they are athletic right, and, they're, they're, super and they're, athletic. they're used to it, honestly, at this point. And they play like hard. Jumping on fumbles. Yeah, yeah, you watch them, they all play hard because they know, hey, man, that ball can come out any time. Yep. So that, to me, I look at it, I'm just like, I feel like they're a little reckless that in can their bite handling of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, man. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I think I think we maybe same church, different pew oh, on no that question. for sure. No question. Uh, playmakers on the outside mm. on offense for me. Okay. Listen, Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown, is a, is a nice player. Sammy mm-hmm. Watkins is a nice player. But they, they do not have a dynamic playmaker, a dynamic downfield threat. Mark Andrews is a good tight end, but because of that, everyone can cue on him more. Yeah. Like I, I think Deontay Johnson would be the best wide receiver on their team. I, I really do. Over they, Bateman? Ooh. 
I, I, no, just, I ain't gonna lie, I like Deontay a lot. I, I just I I, to me to me, Moats, they have a lot of B wide receivers. Yep. But they don't have an A guy that I can agree. that can really command attention from a defense. Um that would be number two for me. I like it. Well, for me, man, my third thing is team health. <laughs> That's a good one. I feel like every time I look, I'm like, Lord, who is this guy out here? He's making plays, but I don't know who this guy is. Let me look him up. They they've had their fair share of injuries. And the mm-hmm. difference between their injuries and our injuries is theirs have been of the season ending variety. You know, I think that's like yes. the bigger part. Whereas with us, when we lost starters, it's oh COVID, they'll be back. Oh, it's this for, you know, a week or two, they'll be back. Their guys, I mean, you talk about their running backs. They're not coming back. You talk about their corners. They're not coming back. You talk about their best offensive lineman. He's not coming back. (laughs) So when I look at the team health as a whole, I'm just like, how many more injuries can this team survive? Because it's getting very thin, similar to what we say right now in Pittsburgh about certain positions we have. Man, we can only get maybe one or more injuries out of here before it's over. For them, man, that, that is very much the case. Completely agree. Uh, my last one, which we discussed already, was the offensive line. It's been a little bit better as of late, but it is still um, a, a detriment to, to, to their cause. That's a nice way to put it. Very often, yeah. I Listen, I'm not going to sit here and say that I think it's struggled maybe as mightily as the Steelers have at points, but uh, certainly both organizations hoping to get better offensive yeah. line play the rest of the season. And that feels like it'll be a big point of emphasis for both organizations in the offseason as well, too. Going to take our first break here. We come back on the other side. A little five-star Friday. We'll start to get to some of your reaction. More previewing of Steelers Baltimore. It's all on the table today. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. <laughs> 